Welcome back, sleuths, suspects, and witnesses. This is day 12 of our amazing case of the missing manuscript and virtual book festival. We are having a blast. Um, here is just a reminder of the nightly schedule. I will keep to this as close as I possibly can. We were having so much fun chatting in the green room. I got started a couple minutes late, but here we go. Um, no event on February 14th because it's Valentine's Day and I'm not gonna be here. Tonight, we have two amazing authors reading for you. This is so much fun. I love bringing new authors into our community. Chloe Holiday will be reading for the second time, she'll be reading from her book, Finders Keepers. And Christian Bullen will be reading from her book, Depth in the Field. Oh my gosh, such great stories. You guys are gonna love these. So everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to another fun evening. We're gonna have a great time. And just because I know she hates being on the hot seat, Christian, we're gonna let you get this over with right away so you don't have to stress about it. How's that sound? That sounds good. Thanks. Awesome. Okay. Um, so um, Christian is going to read from her book, Depth in the Field. Christian, do you have a copy of it with you that you can hold up in front of the screen for us? There it is. Depth in the Field. It's a very fun cover. Very fun book. When you are ready, ma'am, please take the microphone and read aloud. Chapter 10. Emma. Lizzie. Get over here right now, I say to her in a blinding panic. I can't think straight. Jason popped up in a third dream and I'm spiraling. I need Lizzie to help me figure it out. She's the only one I trust who can help me sort out my thoughts and my feelings. Emma, what time is it? She asks as I hear her yawning on the other end of the line. Jesus, I don't even know what time it is. My clock says 7.39 a.m. The sun is barely up. I gather my sheets in my hands and groan. It's early, I'm, I'm sorry to wake you. What happened? She sounds a little more awake now. I need you to come over to my house. I need my best friend. You already woke me up. Just tell me whatever it is now, dork, she says with a laugh. I sigh into the phone and give her a partial truth. I kiss Jason. It isn't a lie. I did kiss Jason, a lot this week. Jason who, she asks confused. Cooper. I admit shamefully, and even though she can't see it, my face is buried in my hands to hide the guilt that is swirling in the pit of my stomach. Oh my God, I'll be right there. She hung up the phone and then knocked on my door four minutes later. She comes barreling into my house like a, like a bulldozer, even though she isn't any bigger than me. You need to give me all the details. I need to know everything right now. She grabs my wrist to drag me to my room for some privacy. I halt her. I do have a plan in mind. I'll tell you everything, but can we just go for a walk, maybe to the video store, pick out something to watch and hang out for the day? She looks skeptical, skeptical. her hands rest on her tiny waist as she taps her foot as she thinks. I'm down for an old fashioned girls day with movies and gossip. What do you want to see? There's only one genre I can handle this time of year. It's October. You know their Halloween section is happening right now. Scream and Halloween. Maybe something new this time, like The Exorcist or whatever you want, lady. No gross body mutilating horror movies, though. Her face contorts like she's going to be sick at the thought. Promise me. I promise. Take the scenic route and walk around town. We each grab a cup of coffee and walk by the river. It's a beautiful morning, and Lizzie never once pushes me to reveal anything. It's nice. 
We talk about school and what's going on with her and her older brother, Jonathan. Elizabeth and Jonathan Easton are just over a year apart and often get mistaken for twins. Johnny has always been a bit of a rebel. He pushed their parents' buttons, drank, almost dropped out of school, bought a motorcycle, then he fixed up and rebuilt himself. He wore a faded leather jacket with aviator sunglasses. A cliched bad boy, but one with a good heart. He took care of Lizzie like no one ever could, not even me. Everyone at school knew that if they messed with her, they messed with him, and you didn't want to mess with him. He got a scholarship by the seat of his pants and has been off enjoying college at Central State. I had a major crush on him when we were growing up, and I don't know if Lizzie ever knew. I never said anything to her. I thought it might be weird if I told her I liked her big brother. How's Johnny? I asked Lizzie, since I need to keep my mind from wandering to the quarterback I've been sneaking around with. He's good. He's actually doing well in school. I think he's taking some art classes. And he enjoys it. That's great. I'm glad he's finally able to do something that he loves to do. Me too. My parents are still worried since it's a guaranteed job like a lawyer or a doctor. What they don't realize is that he's never been who John is. He's always been marching to the beat of his own drummer. He just needed to get out of his awkward teen years behind him and be able to become who he's always meant to be. I think about what I'm meant to do in life. I have lots of things, English lit, music, film, helping others learn, but I feel the most at peace when I'm behind a camera. Even if it's for the dumb yearbook or newspaper, I notice how it feels to be bending, to be behind a lens capturing beautiful moments, always looking for that perfect shot. I think it's how my dad feels when he's painting, like it's the only way he knows how to express himself. I think about maybe being a photographer, having my own studio one day. I say with no real context as to what we were just discussing. Yeah, she asks as she wraps her arm around mine as we sit on a bench together for a moment. I think you would make a wonderful photographer. The idea in my head is growing more and more every day, but I've never said it aloud. It feels nice and lifts my hopes that I can make it a reality. When we arrive at the video store, the spirit of the looming holiday is evident. The orange and yellow streamers twisted and hung around the banister tracks, skeleton and pumpkin cutouts stand at every third aisle of rentals. The nightmare before Christmas is playing on the televisions around the corners. The aroma of popcorn, popping popcorn fills the small space. It's unavoidable. The atmosphere is calming to my soul as I cling to the two flicks I sent out to rent. I have so many fond memories as a kid coming to a store with my mom on a Friday night. After he left, my mom was working crazy hours to make sure we had a place to live and food to eat. But Friday nights were our nights. She'd get us a pizza, just cheese, and we would go pick out three or four movies to binge watch since it was our bonding time. She'd make a huge bowl of popcorn and we'd get a couple of candies each. It was absolute heaven for me. Can we just browse for a little bit? I asked Lizzie, giving her my best pouty face. I don't want to leave yet. Whatever, just don't grab all horror flicks. Get some romance or musicals if you're gonna get anything else. Since I'm lacking any action myself these days, that's where I'll be. Lizzie heads to the action section and I wander over to the dramas. An officer and a gentleman catches my eye. And when I look over at the door and see Jason and Austin walk in, crap, crap, crap. Like a 12 year old, I hide myself to keep him from seeing me. I don't wanna talk to him at all, let alone about the kiss. And I don't wanna have an awkward run in with his brother. Lizzie's always had a crust on Austin since we were all tykes. Austin, the golden boy Cooper, he was the one everyone thought would make it to the pros, but it just goes to show you how important education is. He let his grades slip, and while he was good at playing ball, he didn't put up the same numbers Jason does. I heard recruiters have been scouting Jason since middle school, which is probably why he's so freaked out about doing well on this extra credit. He knows what his future looks like if he doesn't graduate. It'll look like Austin's present day reality. 
If Lizzie sees Austin, she'll want to talk to him. So I'm going to have to make some weird casual conversation that is the last thing I want to do right now. I slowly walk around to find her in the action section debated between speed and true lies. Which one, she asks as she reads the back of the box, Keanu or Arnold? Get both and we'll rent them for the whole weekend. I say, itching my head, so my arm blocks Lizzie's view of the counter. Oh no, the counter. And that's where I'll stop. Excellent. Well done. Nice. And I have a guest. Oh, Logan. (laughs) Okay. So again, Christian Bullen, her book is called Depth in the Field. I know you're wrangling Logan, but can you hold up the book for us one more time? Depth in the Field. There it is, everybody. Okay, next we are going to have Chloe Holiday read for us, and she's going to be reading from her book, Finders Keepers. There it is, a little bit closer. Finders Keepers from Chloe Holiday. Okay, when you are ready, ma'am, please take the microphone and read aloud. Okay. On Wednesday of finals week, Caleb blew an hour he should have spent studying looking up craft markets, an idiotic compulsion like picking at a scab. Damn. There were a million little bazaars, one at every school and church, pretty much the whole month of December. Farrah could sell soap at any one of them. Great. Another dead end. She said she used flowers. Caleb frowned, trying to remember. A little help from Google, and he entered scented geraniums into the search bar and found a local home improvement store. He'd be ready when she contacted him looking for her mitten, an icebreaker, an excuse to reconnect. After his analytical geometry test, he took the bus to the big box home improvement store. Huge holiday inflatables stared down at him, a bug-eyed Rudolph, a Santa as wide as he was tall, and a giant snow globe containing both a Christmas tree and a snowman. He navigated displays of lights, sidewalk salt, and bright red poinsettias to the indoor garden center, where he approached a tall, freckled kid with a long, coiled watering wand. I'm looking for Santa geraniums. The kid frowned and pointed to the foil-wrapped poinsettias. The flowers are over there. He looked dubiously at the green plants he watered. Are they annuals or perennials? Damn if he knew. Caleb scratched his head. All I know is they're called scented geraniums. Well, I guess you could smell them all. Or if you're in a hurry, maybe I should find a supervisor. I've only been here two weeks. Yeah, thanks, if you don't mind. After 15 minutes, a plump older woman came up and Caleb explained his quest again. Hmm, I don't know. We don't have much of anything plant-wise this time of year. Let's go look. They went up and down the aisles. Finally, she typed into a small tablet. Sorry, no geraniums, the lady announced. Maybe she'd like a poinsettia instead? Caleb ground his teeth. No thanks. Well, Cody's in Noma has all kinds of exotic flowers. She wrinkled her nose. Expensive, though. Caleb thanked her and left. He pulled up Cody's on his phone, on the red line, but they'd close before he got there if he took the metro. He checked his credit card balance, running on fumes with all this extra travel. When the Uber dropped him off, he walked into a brightly lit space with a tiered display of poinsettias. The rest of the shop was a jungle of spiky green plants in big tubs, potted flowers, and artfully contorted bonsai trees on shelves. It smelled like a jungle. 
sweet floral notes with underlying damp earth. Caleb's gaze returned to the poinsettias. A couple had weird bicolor leaves of peach and green, so maybe that was a good sign. He nearly swallowed his tongue. Some of them were a hundred twenty bucks. May I help you? A thin black woman with short hair and cat-eye glasses called from behind the counter, where she arranged flowers in a vase. She wore a bright green uh, apron that Farrah probably would have loved. We close in ten minutes, I'm afraid. I'm looking for scented begonia. No, geranium. Okay, what variety? I don't know. One that smells good? The lady laughed. Well, you're welcome to smell them, though there's a huge number of varieties. Let me show you what we have, and if you don't see one you like, we can special order one for you. That sounded promising and expensive. Caleb followed her to a back room with plants on racks in low rows beneath grow lights. These are the scented ones we keep in stock. She waved to indicate several dozen plants with scalloped leaves, some with bright pink or red flowers. The big plants are $69.99 and the small ones cost $34.99. Even a small plant would peg out his credit card. Maybe he could take some extra shifts at the coffee shop. He stared at all the flowers on the rack. Uh, are some better for soap? They can all be used for soap. Candles, potpourris, teas. What exactly are you looking for? She asked with asperity. It was past closing time. He was being a jerk. What am I doing? He threw himself on her mercy. It's for this girl, he blurted. She makes soap. She has one that smells like apples or roses, maybe? She likes bright colors. Do you have something like that? Sure, they can smell like mint, cinnamon, peaches. The flowers are different, but it's the leaves that are used for scent. She held up plant after plant, brushing the leaves each time for him to smell. The fragrance is aromatic and intense. He liked the pineapple and lemon-scented plants best, and one had vivid two-toned flowers, a splash of red on each petal, surrounded by pink. Farrah might like that. This one. Lemon fizz? Yes, please, a smaller size. Do they grow fast? Reasonably, but all we have in stock for lemon fizz are the large ones. I could order you a small plant, though. When do you need it? Oh, no, he confessed. His voice dropped. I wanted to have one in case she comes back. God, could he be any more pathetic? The lady's face changed. Her pity made Caleb want to sink through the floor, but then she smiled. Let's check our hospital wing. Some get damaged and we sell them at a discount. She casually reached out, fingers brushing the full pricey lemon fizz plant. Suddenly, she snapped off a stem with a little pop. She led him over to the last rack, jumbled with stems stuck in jars of water or small pots. Let's see what we have here. She dipped the scrawny sprig into water, then a tub of white powder. She carefully poked it into a tiny spot the size of a plum, gently pressing the soil down to hold it in place. She looked at him with a grin. Oh, there's a lemon fizz start right here. I can give it to you for $4.99. It comes with a guarantee it'll root within two weeks. Thank you, he cleared his throat. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Smiling, she set the start in a box and carried it over to ring up. Here's a care guide and a starter, plant of pa uh, starter packet of plant food. Merry Christmas. On the metro, Caleb held the baby plant against his chest to protect it from the jostling of strangers. He read the care guide twice, studying it with the same attention he should have spent on design, too. He unlocked his apartment and carried it to the window he'd cursed for the sunshine that came too early on the weekends. There you go, little fizz. 
Grow fast, dude. Caleb Microvase waved a can of vegetable beef soup and opened his emails. His heart leaped. Three messages from his misconnections ad. He'd tried to temper his expectations. He'd lost track of how many bullshit replies he'd had. The first one had to have been a damned bot. Hoist you male member like a Derek. Great. He opened the next email. Your missing item has been found. To claim it, send $45 to cover processing and shipping fees. Since we only charge actual shipping, please provide your bank account number so we can credit your account. For any excess, people really fell for this? He clicked on the last one. You like orange wall? Just wait till you see mine. Text me and let's arrange a time to get together. Great. He'd have thought this shit would have stopped by now since he let the listing expire. Or that word of mouth would have gotten to her. He was almost surprised his pathetic ad hadn't gone viral. This is crazy. He was wasting his time, obsessed with a woman he'd only met once. Time to move on, keep his head down, and concentrate on school. Keep the plant as a memento, otherwise forget about her. Caleb unsubscribed from any more emails from the ad. His eyes went to the windowsill, where Little Fizz bravely kept the faith, leaves up thrust despite no roots, nothing to ground him but hope. Caleb shut his laptop, resolute. If he can do it, I can too. Well done. Yay! So that was Chloe Holiday reading from her book, finders keepers and she's going to hold it up in front of oh, her camera one I, more okay. time there it is finders keepers yay yes andrew before we go on and have a little bit of fun i have to say chloe your voice is absolutely spectacular i could sit and listen to it for a significant amount of time and uh, so next next version of the slice of fear series you'll have to read one of the stories that are written from a female point of view oh thank you i get lots of different voice talent to do those oh thank one. you yeah no i'd be happy to actually i hope more people think that because i'm doing audio for them and it is a lot of work but it's fun yeah. so i hope more people think so yeah absolutely absolutely so much fun okay readers yeah oh, I, I christian i'm so proud of you i know this is like the first yes. time you've read in public and i'm so proud of you for bringing your book out and sharing it with us and having fun while you're doing it it, it was really lovely to hear you read thank you so here we go everybody moving on to the mayhem of the evening this thing we call the mystery of the missing manuscript there's a book missing the sardonic manuscript we've been talking about it all month who took it why how are we going to figure out who did this well i'll tell you how we're going to ask our ten eight suspects questions however a couple of them are not in the room tonight. So yeah, eight. eight. Okay. <laughs> I thought math was getting out of hand there for a second. Well, math always gets out of hand for me. <laughs> so tonight, um, let me again introduce you to our suspects. Chloe Holiday is a mysterious character. There's not a lot we know about her, but we're learning more as time goes on. Melinda Falgo is a researcher. She is at a birthday party this evening and will not be joining us. I say convenient, you say birthday party. Um, ah, losing my stuff here. 
technology. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> okay. Ruby Fink is a psychic. Andrew Allen Smith is an historical author. Amy Kelso is our head librarian. Jules Nelson is our library director. Marion Whelan, our cafe manager. And Deborah Reed is our intrepid reporter. And Deborah Reed is also not here this evening. That's because she's guilty. <laughs> Must be. Yeah. She's trying to, I think she's trying to spend more time away so that she doesn't have to ask your, your, your deep probing questions. Okay, so tonight we, um, we have a couple of new people in the room, so I just want to invite you to turn on your microphone, turn on your cameras if you like. Welcome, welcome, and feel free to ask our suspects any questions you like. Who would like to start off the evening? Amy. <clears throat> okay. Um, I I'm sorry that I missed yesterday. Um <clears throat> I did watch the recording from Friday night because I was not able to be here and I found out some terrible, terrible news. Um and honestly, okay, I'll be honest, I kind of suspected that Miss Nelson was thinking about replacing me, which I can't imagine. <laughs> but I had a suspicion, but I had no idea why. And to think that it's because people find me mean or over, I, I don't understand. All I'm trying to do is make this thing run, make the library work for everybody. And no matter what I do, you still complain. You say I do it wrong. You say it's my fault the manuscript is gone. I was so upset okay. I couldn't even come here last Amy, night. Amy, of... Amy, is there a question in there somewhere? <laughs> <laughs> no, no question. I just can't believe you guys would think that of me. <laughs> Oh, okay. Amy is having a little bit of a meltdown. Okay. Um, anyone else have any questions for Amy or for any of our other suspects? Mark McCraw, go ahead. So Amy, do you spend a lot of time in the cafe, like more than usual, like for going on multiple breaks? I honestly do not go to the cafe. Um, I don't like coffee, especially mm -hmm. coffee near books. I mm -hmm. am usually at work doing my work all the time i don't go off on breaks there's oh, no okay. time i am running things as best i possibly can mm -hmm. i see <laughs> yeah um anyone else have questions <laughs> for our suspects chloe go ahead yeah i i think um i've not been able to get anywhere with the 246 that, that ruby thought of but mm -hmm. i'm wondering do you have any other images or feelings or visions about this this business besides that specific one, Ruby? Uh, well, we've started to uncover little bits about the book itself. Remember, it's a history of ancestry. Um, so that in itself is interesting. So maybe two, <laughs> four, six uh, is related. Oh, you've got the tarot cards too. Thank you, Andrew. Um, it's good to have support. Uh, it says ruler. Fantastic. Ruling families, as I said before. And uh, I, I know that it's related to Melinda in somehow. Uh, we've been trying to figure out the connection. So I remember we were going through the book uh, before it was stolen. 
and uh, we put it on the shelf and then we went out for coffee and then when we came back it was gone so um, but 246 could be related to uh, a page number unfortunately I don't have any uh, images of that page uh, maybe somebody else was taking pictures of the book and could help out or someone was taking scans but um, I, I don't have any visions other than 246, unfortunately. Anyone else have questions? There is one in the chat here. Okay, go ahead. Um, by Pr Prithi, um, did any of the regular library or cafe visitors stop coming to the library totally after the manuscript was stolen? Um, and I don't know if I noticed anyone um, that wasn't there. Obviously, we've got those who we, we won't allow a leave until we find out this mystery. Um, but I, yeah, I don't know the answer to that one. But okay, um, any other questions? I actually do have another question. Go ahead, Amy. Um, based on again trying to watch those recordings to see what I missed. Once I got past my own emotional issues, um, issues. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Watch it there. Um, <clears throat> so apparently, Deborah, our intrepid reporter, was talking about how there was a Gutenberg Bible that was taken. And she kind of mentioned that Andrew was there when that happened. Andrew, do you want to tell us about that? That seems kind of suspicious to me. Suspicious? Suspicious that I was sitting there trying to learn more about antiquities? It was not just a Gutenberg Bible auction. It was an auction of antiquities from around the world. The, what I want to know is why Deborah was there. She's reporting on that. Now she's reporting on this. It's a good way to get a good story to see something big disappear. That, that kind of makes it just a little odd. That is true. That is true. All I'm doing is following my passion and my dream to sell my books and also to 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 just know more about antiquities than other people. And where was that when that happened? Do you know? Do you remember offhand? Oh, he no. did mention an auction, but it was at an auction. It was an at an antiquities auction. I'll have to look and see. Where okay, it, that's fine. I'll just let me see if I can find my ticket. Well, you know, you travel so often, it would be easy for you to forget what town it was in. That that be the truth. I'm all I get all over the place. It's like you. Do. I, I, it's, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> I stand out in the crowd too. I just I don't know what it is. It's like I was monumentally massive or something. People always know where I'm at. Uh, okay, any other questions? Go ahead, Marianne. Uh, this, this question is for Chloe. Chloe, you've mentioned several times that you've traveled all over the world, all over the place. What are some of the places you travel to, other countries, and do you speak any other languages? Genau, ich spreche ein bisschen Deutsch. I lived for three years in Germany. Um, back when I was in the military, and I do speak a little German, um, uh, maybe a little Spanish, you know, just conversational, um, but certainly not Sardonian. Um, uh, and, and I've traveled, I mean, how long do you have to hear where I've been? I've traveled to almost all the states, and I think like 10 countries so far. 
So it, it's a lot. So she and Andrew travel quite a great deal. Yes. They're I've crazy. had the same question for Andrew. What places have you been to, Andrew, outside the United States? There, there ain't many places I ain't been. Inside of the United States, I pretty much hit them all. But outside the United States, wherever my travels take me, I've hit almost all of Europe with, with the uh, a, a possible exception of them. There are countries that change their names about every 16 minutes. So I don't know <laughs> if I've been in the, any of them. I kind of stay away from the Middle East uh, sometimes because uh, they, they get kind of uppity and the, the machine guns are always loaded over there. If you, if you head down into the Africa and then their Kenya and all that, that sometimes oh my God. just a little bit, whoo, uh, they, they, they want food, they want money, they, they want you to take their kids home with you. I don't want no kids. I, I just, <laughs> I'm sorry I asked. Oh my God. Same thing like in the cafe, blah, 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 blah. Comes over there and that's so I, I have I have an interesting question for Jules. Um, it, it would seem to me that since you hired Amy at, as your head librarian, that there there must have been a time when the two of you, dare I say, were thick as thieves. Um, what <laughs> might have brought about this um, break in your connectivity that you might want to replace her? <laughs> Well, part of it's just that everybody's saying how they're, you know, her, she's overbearing and inflexible. So I kind of, um, I kind of feel like we should try to make friends and influence people when we are, are such a, like a public uh, place as a library. So, um, like I said, I wasn't completely so it's, okay with the it's, idea. So it's not like your friendship is broken. You just think this is a professional change that needs to happen yes, exactly. okay so I've amy just you always feel a little been, bit better about that i've just always tried to do my best and i don't know why people have a problem with that it's them that's being too loud and disorganized it's not my fault that they're not following the rules andrew go ahead well in character for a second i have to say i, I was looking things up and uh trying to find out where my ticket was from and i, I found out i have nothing to say about that <laughs> so, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> it's one of them things. I don't know if I have enough information. And on a non-note, Amy, you're just awesome. I just wanted to say <laughs> somebody <laughs> likes me. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Um uh so so just in case anybody's wondering, I'm gonna clear the air on this. Um uh, the library that we are currently in where this theft has taken place is actually any town USA. In case you were wondering, that's the location where the, the library is. So in case you were wondering. It actually looks like a building near where I live. It was very interesting to look at. I was like, hey, I walked by a place that looks like that. It's not a library, but it looks a lot like that. <laughs> any other questions? We have about five minutes of interrogation, a little less than five minutes left to go. Um, Jen, go ahead. Did you have a question? No. Okay. Anyone else? Mark McCraw, go ahead. Uh, Andrew, does your address start with 246? No, it sure don't. Uh, <laughs> gotcha. I, mean, 
I'd, I'd love it if it did, but uh, no, it don't. And I, I keep thinking that they're trying to, you know, she's thinking up these things and it's making up a hopscotch board. But you know, I don't even know if they know how to play hopscotch. But it's, it's like a hopscotch thing or one of them things they put on TV like Schlemiel, Schlemiel. <laughs> you never know what's going on. Um, uh, That's funny. Does anyone else have any questions? Christopher, I find you... Um, alarmingly quiet this evening do you have any other questions for our panel i'm not so sure i had questions but I've, i didn't even do science tonight because i'm trying to go over in my head oh. everything we've been learning and hearing i mean if you look at it we've got a librarian whose last name kelso might as well be rambo i hear there's a new <laughs> app called sense of humor she should download it <laughs> and we've got a psychic who let's be honest if she had any ability to see anything wouldn't be peddling her wares the library she'd be on like <laughs> kelly clarkson show guessing which celebrity is going to name their baby orange or starfruit you've got melinda <laughs> whose language she's fluent in i wish was silence and to say nothing about an intrepid reporter who's physically and mentally unable to give a straight answer about anything, and who, by the way, made a death threat against one of the other suspects. I believe her exact words were, I'd kill him. <laughs> so, uh, for those of you who have missed some of the episodes, you might want to go back and rewind. <laughs> All right, just, just about another minute and a half left. Any last questions before we're done here? Go ahead, Jules. Uh, question for Ruby. Ruby, could that number have been like the number of the page that um, Melinda's uh, information for her family been on in, in the manuscript? It, it could have been. I, I know we went through several pages of something about uh, uh, lineage and Jules, I think, um, but I, I don't <laughs> quite remember. I'm sorry. Jules. <laughs> mm. <laughs> something there. Okay, anybody else? Any I just questions? have to point out one other thing. I know that somebody mentioned, um, well, well, I was gone and not able to defend myself, that I do um, have skills in origami. Um, but I just want to point out, I work in a library and we have a whole section that teaches origami. And I'd be glad to show that section to anybody here. Just knowing origami does not obviously make me a thief. I just wanted to point that out. Well, will you... Will you teach us all how to do some origami horses? <laughs> Perhaps, if you're lucky and behave and are quiet. <laughs> oh, um, so Jen has a question, Amy, and this is how we're going to wrap it up tonight. Um, do you know if any of our suspects have checked out any books on origami? Do you recall in the, uh, in the record? I don't recall that any of them have. I'm trying to ponder back, but they are available for anybody. And so anybody who wanted to could definitely look at them, even if they didn't check them out. They, they are, are not in the reference department is what you're saying. No, they are not in the reference department. They are ones that you could check out. Yes. Awesome. All right, everybody. Thus concludes another fun and exciting night of beat up your favorite librarian. <laughs> 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 oh. I think you're. I think you're great, Amy. Just, just <laughs> put it on. I, chalk it up to uh, Amy. One. Everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I know. So again, um, who did it? Who stole the sardonic manuscript? And my goodness, why? We need to figure these questions out. We will be back 
every day this month except the 14th to ask these questions. If you are new to our group and you hear someone say, I have nothing to say about that, it's a reminder that either the um, suspect doesn't have any information or they don't want you to go down in, in uh, a path of questioning that would not bear fruit. Please watch the replays posted on Facebook for intense scrutiny. Those replays are also posted on our website as well, on the same registration page you accessed to come here this evening. And uh, yeah, we are giving away prizes, so keep notes. Scavenger hunt every night. New scavenger hunt rules. Actually, they open in the morning. Uh, I, I believe it's uh, 12 a.m. Greenwich Mean Time. So they are open to everybody. Um, go in, solve the riddles, win prizes. It's super fun. Thank you, thank you, Riddle Master Jacob Bullen, for again making my life a whole lot easier than it would have been. Congratulations are in order for. Andrew Allen Smith and Deborah Reed, two of our authors who got to the heart of the case already with a hundred fingerprints. They don't stop there though. They can continue to amass them as the month continues on, but they are now in the running for one of those five medals and a possibility of winning the snazzy trophy with their name engraved on it if they get the most fingerprints for the month. Here's our leaderboard as it stands. Amy has 86, Jen has 65, Chloe has 60. We are tied in fourth place with Emma, Jacob, and <laughs> Diana cannot type. See that? Jules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. same from my head with, with uh, Andrew. <laughs> One. Um... Wait, yeah. my I fingers did. clearly were not working when I did this this morning. <laughs> and uh, Jennifer Reigns, Jennifer Reigns is on the board with 45 points as well. We have had 305 pairs of eyes on our wacky game. <clears throat> so I far. see there are two Jennifers or two Jens on the Jen list. Rinaldi and Jennifer Reigns. Yep. Well, so, so if I speak aloud and tell them hello, hello, Jen, isn't that oral hygiene? Oh, <laughs> ah, okay. Oh my gosh. Okay. How many central? <laughs> Here we are. Here's the witness ledger. I can't even speak. There's the witness ledger so far. Uh, let's see if we can get our numbers back up to 33, everybody. Um, I know it's Super Bowl Sunday and and uh, lots of people are out of the room, but invite more people, get them in the room. Let's have some more fun. More people in the room, <laughs> more people we get to laugh with. <laughs> We're gonna be spinning the wheel of happiness here in just a second, but uh, I gotta remind you, if you win tonight, if you, if you registered before 6.45 this evening and you uh, win on the spinning wheel of happiness this evening, please send your mailing address to me at diana at pagespromotions.com. I will make sure the authors get your address so that we can ship out signed books to you. So much fun. Okay, here we are, everybody. Turn on your microphones once again. Really, really simple question for everybody in the room. I would like to know, are you a morning, afternoon, or evening writer primarily? 
this doesn't mean do you only sleep two hours a night and write the rest of the time, Mr. Andrew. So are um, you telling me that I'm not allowed to answer? Okay. I'll, no, I'll, I'm telling you, you have to pick one. <laughs> and just because you're being so obstinate, we're going to start with you. Do you write in the morning, in the afternoon, or in the evening, Andrew? I'm not coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, I Andrew. I want to write. <laughs> You're allowed to write whenever you want to write. I'm just curious about when you do it primarily. I write in, in the morning. It, 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 it is it just depends on which time zone I'm in. It could be lots of mornings. So my, my morning may be your evening or your daytime. I do not think you understand. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I thought that was an easy question. <laughs> um, Christian, what about you? Um, I kind of have to do it all day. Um, I, I sprint right. I do writing sprints um, while I'm at work. I get two 15 minute breaks and then a half hour lunch. Um, so I do most of my writing or editing at that time. And then if I'm lucky and I get to write at night, um, which Jake and I try to trade on and off. So all, all of them, like I don't have a primary time. So when okay. I can. All right, fine. <laughs> Nobody's gonna answer a simple question. Christopher, what about you? Morning and afternoon. Thank you. Marianne, what about you? Uh, nighttime between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. Okay, Amy. I would love to be a night um, writer, but I'm a teacher, so I have to get up early. So instead, I write early. I actually get up two hours before I have to be anywhere so I can write in the morning. So. That's uh, hats off. I could never do that. <laughs> Chloe, what about you? Um, about 20% of my volume is during the insomnia edition. So that's in the <laughs> middle of the night, but, but the rest of it depends on the weather, which sounds crazy, but it rains here in the Pacific Northwest. And so we look at the daily weather and, and if there's a, a window of a couple hours when it's not going to rain, then I go outside and walk the dogs and do my outside things. And then I write during the rain. So it, it jumps around. I am a rain writer as well. I understand that. <laughs> Uh, Jules, go on. What about you? Okay. Um, I typically get my best writing in between uh, midnight and 3 a.m. So I don't know if you call that late night or early morning, but it's before I sleep. So. Okay. Uh, Jen. Ronaldi. Uh, I'm on cat time. So whenever the cats <laughs> wake me up between 12 and 3 a.m., that's when I do it. Awesome. <laughs> cat time i like that um ruby fink what about you early morning and late at night when it's quiet and nobody can bug me right no bugging like that mm -hmm. <laughs> andrew will bug you uh mark mccraw uh evening time okay. primarily evening mandy joe evenings Jennifer Rains, what about you? I mean, I know it's tomorrow there, but yeah, no, I, I would um, say mornings are best. I'm just in awe of people who write between midnight and 3 a.m. <laughs> I just can't imagine it. My brain by that time is, you know, kind of no thank you. <laughs> Jennifer Wilcock. Uh, early morning. Okay. Angela Spears. Karina, 
What do you say? I used to have a lot of Aussie friends when I wrote, and I'm over in Michigan. So evening was my thing, lately more in afternoon. Uh, Michael Beardsley, what about you? Type in the morning, and uh, I walk in the afternoon, and that's where I get my plotting ideas. But a uh, morning writer. Awesome. Preeti, morning, afternoon, or evening, when do you write? Night after 10. Okay. Uh, Donna, what about you? 4 a.m. I wake up with ideas in my head and I have to write them down right then and start. Then I just keep going. Can't even imagine waking up at 4 a.m. That's just <laughs> craziness. Mm -hmm. uh, Mackenzie, put yours in the chat and Amy will read it for us because she's good at reading the chat. And Deb McPeak, what about you? Are we talking about writing or something else? Well, if you're not a writer, when do you like to read books best? Um, when do when my crayons don't melt, I write. And whenever Dallas is on TV, I watch that. Okay, <laughs> sounds fair. Um, and I, Mackenzie's answer, yep, um, was she says they say I write mostly between four a.m. and eight a.m. because then everyone's asleep and can't bother me. Perfect. I like writing bestest in the evenings, like 10 to 2 a.m., um, unless there are people home and then I'm sleeping at that time. Um, but if I'm by myself, like when I go to the, when I go to the cabin, 10 p.m., 2 a.m., that's when I get my best writing done. And in the rain, 10 a.m., 10 p.m. to 2 a.m., that's that's perfect. All right. No showers. <laughs> All right, we are ready now to spin the wheel of happiness. Chloe Holiday, hold up your book for us one more time. Chloe Holiday's book is Finders Keepers. And Christian Bullen, hold up your book one more time. Christian's book is Depth in the Field. Alrighty then, here we go. We're gonna spin two times. I gotta share my screen though first, don't I? Sometimes I forget. <clears throat> Turn on the sound. This technology thing, Andrew. I don't know how you do it. Okay, did, here we go. Did you press the button. I did. I did. The button is pressed for sure. Okay, then we're all gonna hear this. Just God, I hope so. It okay. shall be done. <laughs> all right, here we go. The first one is for Chloe's book. I just gotta say, Amy, thank you for the visual cue. <laughs> <laughs> um, next is Christian's book. Here we go. Oh, Diana's not in the room tonight. I just noticed that I messed up my wheel. Diana is not in the room tonight. So we're gonna spin it one more time. Ready? Here we go. Congratulations. Um, so again, um, let me see if I can make this happen. There it is. So anybody who won a book tonight, uh, make sure you send my me your mailing address in an email because my email is my to-do list 
send it to diana at pagespromotions.com and I will have the authors ship out your handy dandy books. Okay, everybody, we have got just like two minutes left. Does anybody have anything they'd like to say that is not about the mystery game? Amy. <laughs> I just, since I wasn't here to answer the question from the other day, I do have to let you know that I got to go to Prince Edward Island as well because awesome. you were asking about that. I was like, oh, yes. I, yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Anybody else have anything they'd like to interject before we head on <clears throat> back to the football game? I, I just want to throw this out there that uh, one more time, uh, if you have an opportunity to get the anthologies and you were in it, you really should get, get the anthologies because they really do not only help you, but help others. It's always good to have a little bit of extra. And also, uh, I was very surprised. That oh, no. Was that me? Year's sales were tremendously over last year's. This year's people are fantastic and amazing. I loved interacting with all of the people and I tried to make everybody feel a little bit better about themselves all the time. And some of them do. It was just, it was really a, a good show. Uh, people are not hiding or shying away from reading uh, and people are looking for ways to escape right now. And in that, uh, I appreciate all the authors that are here. I've read many of your books, but all of you offer readers something that they couldn't get from television right now. They can't get from their phone. They can't get from TikTok. And that's a, a stream of imagination that gives them hope and the ability to do more. So that, that's my feeling I'm, I'm sticking to it. Ruby, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah, a uh, quick question. Uh, do I have permission to put the anthology on my website since I, I did I will participate? Send you, I will send you cover art and a link. Just send me a, okay. um, send me a reminder in my Facebook chat, okay? Sure thing. Um, I just wanted to ask permission on that. And Absolutely, you okay. may. Yes, please promote the anthologies if you are in them. Andrew, okay. did you have something else? No, I said it's on my site. Yeah, my, yep. I, it's on mine as well. You are promoting yourself as well as others. Yeah. Jump on it. Absolutely. Jump on it. Jump on it. <laughs> Mark, did you have something to offer before we go? No, just. No? Uh, okay. I no, thought you had you your guys, hand up. No, no, no. I just said, well said. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. That is it for us this evening. Thank you, everybody. Go back to your, your football. Go back to your puppy bowl. Um, go back to your, I don't know. What do people eat for football? I have no idea. Okay. Snacks. Um, That's snacks on the table. Yeah. <laughs> snacks. I don't know. I, you know, I put a wheel of goody cheese in front of me and I'm happy. So, okay. Uh, have an awesome night, everybody. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.